I was in the chemist uh, this morning mm. and I was trying to get you uh, the indigestion tablets, just the, you know, the chalk ones that you have, like, uh, what do they call Rennies? And there was, there was nothing on the shelf. So I went to another chemist. We have about 100 in N8. And I went to another one. And there were none. Yeah. Um, and then I went into another one and the and the supermarket, none. And I went into the final chemist, <laughs> a bit exhausted and worn out, and I said, why are there no indigestion tablets in any shop? Mm. And she looked at me straight in the eye and went, there's a global shortage of chalk. A global shortage. Chalk. 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 How, how can there be a global... Have they seen the White Cliffs of Dover? <laughs> Apparently that's a thing. So anything made with chalk, I presume chalk is part of that. Um, yes, we can't get any at the moment. I think I'm going to invent. Maybe we can recycle. Can we make it? Yeah, I was wondering if I could buy school chalk. If that's a thing anymore, probably not. No, because people paint people paint images all around um, N8 with chalk on the pavements. The lady who did cupcakes around the area where dogs had pooed you know <laughs> in what? order to highlight the dog poo. I'm going to get in the car tomorrow. And yeah. I'm going to drive down to Dover. Yes. And I'm just going to I'm going to abseil pickaxe with you down the side of the cliff. Yeah. Scrape off a couple of bags, <laughs> forage. Yes. Think of it as foraging. Foraging. I'm going to forage for chalk. Yes. Uh, and then when I've got a little bit of heartburn, I can eat the chalk from Dover. At present, it seems that chalk has a better weight value than gold at the moment. Wow, this is Albion Lofty Larks. From Studio Senseless in Leafy London Town, it's Sour B and Love Deluxe. There is a place where dreams live. Welcome, wanderers through time and space. <laughs> To Salvin yes. Sal Love Deluxe, I'm Brian Love. Hello, and I'm Georgina Sowerby. Coming up on Salvin Love Deluxe, an author who has written over <laughs> 200,000 books. Is it you? Count them. <laughs> 200,000. It's um, amazing. Uh, conspiracies surrounding the sinking of the Titanic. And there um, are lots. Alien abduction, a medical hypothesis. Hypothesis? That's easy for you to say. And we'll be meeting for the very first time if he turns up. Uh, Derek the Psychic Seahorse. I'm looking forward to that. What does he... Oh, no, I won't ask. I won't ask. Let's just go and do it. <laughs> yes. I want don't, to meet Derek the Psychic yeah, Seahorse. Don't, don't overthink it. No, <laughs> OK, no. I'm not going So, to. Uh, kicking off this week's Matters Arising, Shaun of the Dead. Yes. The now, film. Yeah, the, the film. Fi the film. Now, long-time listeners to this podcast will know that our local corner shop, which is now called Londis, yes. which is a, it's now part of a chain, it's in Western Park. It was the location for one of the most iconic scenes in the 2004 comedy horror film Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Starring Simon Pegg, right? Yeah. Now, 
they have a, a zombie walk every every year now during the Crouch End Festival. Yes. They have a zombie walk, and so it's part, they should. It's part of the entire fabric <laughs> of Crouch End. <laughs> yes. Is this film? Um, it's fa- in fact, it's spectacular. If you're ever close to uh, to Crouch End on when the festival is on, uh, come down on the day when there's literally hundreds of people dressed as zombies mm. walking down the road, uh, and then they all go into a big field and they watch. Shaun of the Dead. Dum, dum, right? uh, sometimes they watch Mamma Mia, but that's a different, <laughs> that's a different story. When you can't get Shaun of the Dead. So that film has since been voted Britain's favourite comedy film. Has it? Or, by, yeah. by whom? Um, at some poll that okay. they had on, All right. on some website. <laughs> yeah. uh, it might even have been the BBC. Might even it. have been Simon Pegg's family. Yeah. Now, name drop time, I did actually work as a writer on Simon Pegg's TV sketch show uh-huh. in the late 90s. In fact, two Two TV sketch shows. Yes. Um, so I'm always interested to see stories that are connected to him in some way. We saw him going past pushing a pram, didn't we, once when we were doing We've a, seen him lots of times, yeah, when he used to live here. So yes. um, we were actually there when they were filming the, the sequence that happens in the, in the Shaun of the Dead shop, which mm-hmm. is just around the corner, right? Um, it was only a couple of years after you and I met, in fact, wasn't it? We yes. were still young <laughs> and in love. <laughs> I can't Is that when we used to write poetry to one another? We I can't ha- remember. No, we happened to be. We didn't yeah. know what was happening, but we happened to be in the newsagent shop. Yes. Opposite the little corner shop in Western Park. We're never they, in there now. Where they film. No, I never go around there. No. Now. The road was filled with film cameras and lights and cables, and at the time we didn't we didn't know what they were filming at all. There's always filming. There's always on. a camera around here somewhere. Yeah, they're always filming something in Crouch End. It's because all the directors live in yeah, Crouch End. Yeah, so they don't go very far. And they I don't know have why to get a cab yeah. to uh, to go to the location. Yeah. So a man with a walkie-talkie ran into the shop and asked everyone to stay quiet because they were going for a take Ooh, outside. Exciting. So we looked out the window. And on the other side of the road, Simon Pegg walked past in a white shirt and a red tie, right? The now iconic white shirt, red tie. Uh, He was followed by a handheld film camera, and he went into the Londis shop Mm -hmm. opposite. Uh, Suddenly, there were zombies everywhere, right? Yes. Staggering (laughs) along the road. Uh, Simon Pegg then came out of the shop again and walked back up the street holding a can of Coke and an ice cream. Yes. Right, cornetto. I a cornetto. I since found out. Just one cornetto. S- s- strawberry cornetto. Strawberry right. cornetto. I wouldn't I, let you get that out. I googled it. Right, ever since, horror film fans and comedy fans from all over the world have visited that shop. We've mentioned this before on the podcast many, many moons ago. They visited that shop to take pictures and go inside to buy a strawberry cornetto. It's what you do. It's the thing that the tourists do. Now... We've talked about Shaun of the Dead many times before, but now there is big news. Big news? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Within the past few weeks, the new owners, who have been there since 2021, Mm -hmm. um, have decided to completely refurbish the shop. No, say it's not true. So it doesn't look like the Shaun of the Dead shop anymore. Does it look all neat and tidy and well lit? The layout inside is completely different. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fridge that had... Two bloody handprints on it. Mm-hmm. Gone. <gasps> the fridge is gone. No. Uh, the freezer yeah. from which Simon Pegg took the strawberry cornetto. Cornetto. Gone. Gone. Right. Um, I'm hurting inside. Now I am as well. Yeah. Um, and I only found this out last week when I went round there. The new owners have unwittingly, or perhaps 
knowingly, wittingly, meddled with the very fabric of the British film industry, yes. while at the same time destroying a much-loved piece of local history. I wonder if they sold it. Why didn't the local council stop it? Yes, yes. It's a tourist site. There should be a plaque outside, shouldn't there? Uh, why isn't the Shaun of the Dead shop as listed as yeah. a historic building? <laughs> Now, just before that, I went, I went in there and I asked them about the refurbishment, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to, and I took a little video uh, to show what the, the, the change. Now, I will post that little video okay. on this post, right? Yes. So if you're listening to this podcast now, you can click on and actually see this little video. It's only about 30 seconds long of me going into the shop. Now, just before the refurbishment, last Christmas, and they told me this in the shop, Simon Pegg actually visited the shop because he was in London for Christmas. Yes. And he posted a little video on Instagram as well mm-hmm. to his 80 million followers or however many he's got. Now, the thing is, he he was actually, he didn't realise this. He was seeing that shot for the last time. I know. As it's it was, sad. It's it sad. Was just before. Maybe that's why he went round, though. Maybe they said to him, we're rejuvenating the shop. If you want to film, you better come now. So, yeah, the video goes from the gatepost of the house that played the uh, the part of Sean of the Dead's house uh, crosses the uh, the street, goes past the little traffic island in the middle of the park where the in the film there's a, a, a bollard lying on its side, right? Um, goes past where the blue car was parked, which mm-hmm. had the, the windscreen punched out <laughs> in the film, okay. past the place where the mo- motorcycle was lying on its side. Why did we notice none of this when we went into <laughs> We didn't. <laughs> we didn't notice any of it. We were like the character. Because he doesn't, yeah. in the film, he doesn't notice any of it. We just blah, 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 into the shop and just didn't even notice. We did the same thing. So personally, I think the new owners of the shop should put everything back the way it was. Yes. Okay. Uh, so as to respect one of the most famous movies ever made. So I might write to our MP. <laughs> about this yeah all right we, we've written to our mp before about yes. things you usually get a reply yes don't you yeah that's when it was another mp i don't even know who our mp is and i'll anymore. send a copy of this to the local paper as well just yes. to let them know what's going on because i don't think the local paper are aware of the uh, vandalism that has gone on to this national monument well they might lose out because people know that it's been redone then maybe people won't go and visit it anymore yeah i know sad news it is sad news any other matters arising georgina i was on a bus the other day and an old lady got on and i swear this old lady had one of those walking zimmer frames in front of her Mm. got nothing against little old ladies with walking she struggled to get on the bus bless her little cotton socks and she moved down the aisle and simply sat on one of the seats and put the big Unyielding Zimmer frame in the, in the unyielding. aisle. Unyielding. 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 It wasn't yielding to anyone, <laughs> B, so it was unyielding. Right. Um, and she just simply put it in the aisle at the bottom of the stairs so no one could get up the stairs or down the stairs. Bless or her. indeed through the bus. Bless. And the driver did lean out of its, his little, um, you know, little whatever you call it, little corner. And he said, he said, you're going to have to move that. And she said, I can't. And about eight people got up, including me, and none of us could bend. Like, we couldn't. It was so big that we couldn't get it round the pole that was there. And I don't know what it was. It was the angles. I thought, I wonder if I lift it, if I'll be able to get it. But she's told me she didn't want it lifted, which is fair enough. Um, So we couldn't move it. And the driver went, mm, I'm not sure we can go on. 
with this blocking because it's illegal for me to carry on driving if, you know, there's no means of escape for people, which I can completely understand. At this point, a brilliant woman got on the bus with four children and she had done everything, seen everything and was capable of doing everything. She simply got on. She saw that the Zimmer frame was blocking the, <laughs> the aisle Picked it up, bent it round at an angle that none of us had thought of, put it to the side. Hang on, bent it round? <laughs> no, 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 she managed to sort of turn it at an angle where you could just get it oh, through. Right. Oh, she didn't Play- actually bend no, it? No, no, placed it to the side, <laughs> ushered all her children, and I thought, that's it. If you're a mother of four, you just get things done, don't you? You get things done, Zimmer frame moved, everyone happy, bus driver could set off again. So, uh, Georgina, I was going to mention the unwelcome smells that you've been spraying mm-hmm. everywhere, okay. but we haven't got time for that. Oh, okay. Because Georgina's got loads of different cans with with various smells in. <laughs> she, unlike she sprays lavender in, I do. around the bedroom, but I don't really like the smell of lavender. It's tough, to be honest. <laughs> but I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> no. So um, let's just have a quick update on the ghost. Uh, Georgina's <gasps> friend has My got a ghost, ghost in her roof in the attic. Yeah. Well, it has progressed because. Because Mary said that she was getting... The, the noises are still happening, but no-one believes her, basically, now because they've gone round, they've had a look in, there's no evidence of anyone being up there. So they all think, mm, it's probably a little bit of attention-seeking on her part. Oh. But she said the other night she woke up and the noises were really loud and the doll on her dressing table was moving its eyes... I know, right? You're right to look shocked. The doll was moving its eyes and she got really scared. So the next day, she decided to burn the doll. It's all, get, it's all getting a little bit chaotic This isn't now. a film, ladies and gentlemen. It isn't. This, this is, is something that is this supposedly is in real life. just going on just yeah, around the corner it from is, here. It is just around the corner from here. Now, I mean, so, I was wondering whether she was... I mean, I don't know the lady. You know yeah, her. I was yeah. wondering if it she's was not, a bit of attention-seeking going on. She's not that much of an attention Now you've told seeker, me about the yeah. doll moving its eyes. Yes. I'm just I'm yeah, starting to think... Yeah, it's all getting a little bit filmy, isn't that's it? That's it. Sounds like something she's seen in a movie. Anyway, she tried to burn the doll. She couldn't burn the doll. She tried to set fire to it in the garden, but it wouldn't burn. And then her neighbours knocked on the door and asked her not to burn plastic in the garden because it really smelt. Anyway, that's where we are now. Um, She's still got someone coming round to go and look upstairs because the noises are still happening. You know how I'm feeling about that now? A bit like, you know when you watch a film where, for the horror film, for for the first half an hour, it's kind of subtle. Yes, and and psychologically scary. Yeah, and then suddenly they do something like the doll's eyes. Doll's move, eyes, I know. And you go, oh yeah. no, yeah. That's when I feel you... like that. I feel yeah. slightly cheated now. Yeah, she. That's when you go, Mary. You've gone a little bit too far now. You shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't have entertained the doll idea. Maybe she dreamt the doll's eyes. Moving. Maybe she's dreaming at all. No, she isn't dreaming at all because I've heard the recording of the noises. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that could have been her doing the the noises, really, couldn't it? I suppose, yeah, I suppose so. She could have just been stamping up and down and recording noises. Anyway, that was uh, this week's Matters Arising. Coming up next, a very watery edition of Corridors of Conspiracy. Corridors of Conspiracy. What have you got for us on Corridors of Conspiracy? Oh, I this love week, this one. The Corridors of Conspiracy this week is that the Titanic didn't sink. 
Oh, right. Oh, I knew that you were going to do the Titanic. Oh, I know. I didn't realise it was going to be well, quite as radical a it's, conspiracy it's as that. It's partly that the Titanic didn't sink and partly that it was something else that sunk and it didn't really sink or someone should have rescued it. There's also... I mean, the Titanic is surrounded by controversy because basically we don't really know what happened apart from it, we think it went into an iceberg. Now, everyone was saying that it, um, it actually wasn't the Titanic that sank. It was its sister ship, Olympic, which had the larger insurance claim, and they didn't want they didn't want uh, they wanted more money. Yeah, you see, the thing is, a ship is a ship, and if people are on board the Titanic, who then never appear anywhere else, it suggests that the Titanic was the one that sank. Well, what did they it? do with all those people? Exactly. None of these people think it through when they go, oh, no, you knew the Titanic didn't sink. You'd think, yeah, no, it really did. It really did. Some <laughs> believe, some believe... Yeah, go on. ..that the... Some theorists, I'll throw that in, believe... Yeah. ..that it was sunk deliberately. Oh, um, the, well, the, hang on, was the Titanic sunk deliberately yes. or the Olympics sunk no, no, deliberately? The, the, if you then go, yes, it was the Titanic mm. that sank, right. some people think that it was sunk deliberately because there were very many wealthy and influential men on board mm. who opposed the Central Bank of America. Mm. And, they're also, and there is an idea that J.P. Morgan mm. of the bank yeah. arranged to have his nemesis on board, that was at least four of them mm. um sunk to eliminate them so so one man just went no i'll sink an entire ship to get was, rid of these four men if it was deliberate i'm yeah. wondering whether they deliberately uh, sailed the titanic into the iceberg, into the iceberg or whether yeah. they somehow pushed the iceberg <laughs> into the titanic which way round was it well maybe maybe there was a a ship on the other side of the iceberg just pushing it slowly towards the Titanic. Anyway, J.P. Morgan was due to get on the Titanic mm. and called off at the last moment, which is why everyone suspects it was him that sank the entire ship. OK. Um, also, him he owned... Um, he, J.P. Morgan, yeah. owned... International Mercantine Marine, which owned the White Star Line, mm. which in turn owned the Titanic. Oh. So he actually owned the ship. So he could have had it sunk any time he wanted to. Or it yeah. could have just sunk. Yes, it could have just sunk. He, no one could understand why he didn't get on board. He was in the south of France and he was going to come up mm. and get on the Titanic for the luxurious journey. He even had his own um, special bath in the Titanic, in his room in the Titanic, that had a cigar holder next to the bath. I love that. That's Is that ultimate decadence? I need a cigar holder next to the bath so I can smoke in the bath. I've never dreamt of smoking in the bath. It's brilliant, isn't it? Um, he cancelled last minute. But lots of people say, A, it can't have been done. B, no one can organise for an entire ship to hit an iceberg. So that's an honour. And also, he was in the south of France. It was lovely weather. He simply extended his holiday and thought, I'll go back on the Titanic another time. Well, maybe another conspiracy could be that it didn't sink at all. Yes. 
right? Yeah. And that it's still out there somewhere. Somewhere. With just all cruising, the, cruising quietly around. through the North Atlantic. And more Corridors of Conspiracy next time. Up next, Thesaurus Warus. If you'd like to follow this podcast on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Sowerby and Love. You can visit our website, which is sowerbyandluff.com, or keep in touch by becoming a member of our busy Facebook group, <laughs> Sowerby and Luff's fully optimised social media network. S-O-W-E-R-B-Y-A-N-D-L-U-F-F Water sprays at the ready, we have Thesaurus Walrus. Hello. Hello, T.W. or T.W. Junior. I'm Thesaurus Walrus. <laughs> Are you, though? Um, t- the word... What's my word this th- week? I would like you to find synonyms, please. That's the opposite. I do opposites. You do do opposites. My dad used to do words that are a similar meaning to the word. Yes. But I do words... Opposite. opposite. Okay. Today's uh, word is unequivocal. 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 That's quite a hard word to say, <laughs> isn't it, Georgina? Yeah, that's why I chose it. Unequivocal. Unequivocal. Um, okay. Well, clearly, the opposite of unequivocal is equivocal. Yeah. Okay. Um, ambiguous. Yes. Um. Doubtful. <laughs> yes. Indefinite. <laughs> questionable. questionable. Questionable, I like. Questionable. I like questionable. Uh, vague. Vague is a great word. Um, unclear. Mm, better um, than, no, no, vague mm, is best. Non-unequivocable. Un- unequivocable? Um, I can't think of any more. No, okay, that'll do, that's fine. Can I send you an invoice? Sourby and Love Deluxe. Still to come on Salby and Lufty Lux, a man who's written over 200,000 books, a seahorse who can predict the future. <laughs> and we'll be playing a new game called Name That Fish. I'm looking forward to Name the Fish. Don't bogart the finger, monkey. What have you got for us on Don't Bogart the Finger Monkey, Georgina? Philip M. Parker is yeah. the world's quickest book writer. Yeah. Um, he's at the at present he's got eighty-five thousand books on Amazon. You can check him out. Eighty-five thousand. And he claims that there are up to two hundred thousand books with it, but it's all generated by computers. So the title exists on the on Amazon and it's only printed and written if you buy it. So the book doesn't exist until someone buys it? No, it's purely theoretical. And if someone wants to buy the book, a computer writes the book and then goes ahead and sends the book to that person. I'll tell you what, I I bet Barbara Cartland wished that she'd come up with that (laughs) idea. (laughs) No, it was all copy and paste anyway, wasn't it? She only wrote 80,000 books. Yes. So so hold it, so this is a computer programme. It's a computer programme. So it, it automatically writes. He puts in the title, Computer Fight sources information from the internet, yeah. puts it all together, yeah. creates the book, and sends it out. And prints it and sends yeah. it out. Yeah. I That's mean, incredible. It's, it's genius. Is he isn't making it? a lot of money from this? Or is, I, I mean, hope so. I've, I've no way of knowing. I'm guessing that if he's got 85,000 books out there, some of them haven't sold at all. Yes, I'm, I presume so. I mean, they do have weird titles. It, uh, so, 200,000 books. Do you think we should buy one, Georgina? Um, no. Just to see what, like, just to <laughs> see how it works. No. Or I can don't. we get? I mean, is this a, a computer program that anyone can get hold of? 
if you've got 200,000 books available at any one time, surely someone is buying at least one of those a day, aren't I un- they? I understand the concept of print-on-demand, and that's yeah. a very good concept because yes. it means there aren't garages full yes. of unsold yes. books. Save the trees. Yes. Um, I mean, our book is print-on-demand. You can still get sex tips for pandas. In fact, if you go onto yeah. Amazon, you could still buy a copy of sex. Even though we did it like 15 years or however long ago we did it, you can still get a copy of it, and it's print-on-demand, and they, they print you a personal copy. The only problem with that is we can't sign it no. and send it to you. Um, uh, what's that, What else you got on Bogart the Finger Monkey, Georgina? A cat has become Pol- a Polish city's top-rated attraction on TripAdvisor. <laughs> An actual cat, a real-life yeah, cat. Yeah, and you told me how to pronounce this Polish yeah. town. Oh. It's Szczecin. 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 I can't... Because it's S-Z-C-Z-E-C-I-N, and you think that's Szczecin. I think that's probably Szczecin. Szczecin. Shesin. Yeah. Shesin. There's a lot of shesin in the Polish language. Anyway, a cat is now the top tourist attraction. What's the cat's name? Um, It's it's big and it's fat. You don't know the cat's name, I don't know the cat's name. I'm struggling with the town name and I can't pronounce the cat's name. Even if you knew the cat's name, you probably would not be able to pronounce it. At this point, no, I wouldn't. I'd have to look that up How did the cat become such a tourist attraction? Because it's so big. It's a really big cat. It's quite fat. I presume everyone that sees it feeds it something mm. and it's just a big cat so it has a big presence it's walking around the streets of this town and it's got the most votes as the best tourist attraction Pe- i quite like that idea. we have weird cats that like sit on corners around here so, there used to be a yeah, cat on the corner exactly. of western park didn't yeah there? exactly so so i can see how something become maybe with the shawn of the dead shop now mm. losing all its you know its history maybe the cat on the corner will become the next tourist attraction maybe the shawn of the dead shop will have to get some other attraction in there like for example a huge cat (laughs) an enormous enormous cat cat. yeah this is lovely this is i don't really know how to say this either olms 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 o-l-m-s olms yeah olms are cave dwelling salamanders that can go 10 years without food don't you find that remarkable? Ten years. They can live to 100 years, but mm. if they can go 10 years without food, that means they only have to eat 10 times in their lifetime. That's a pretty horrible 10 years, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. They're cave-dwelling. It's all dark. They live in water, and they only eat once every... Well, they can only eat once every 10 years. They can survive. How does anything survive not eating for Georgina, 10 years? I can't go 10 minutes without that's, food. That's my point. 10 minutes without food, 20 minutes without a drink. <laughs> <laughs> but 10 years 10 years i know life is pretty dull isn't it and if it, you only eat once and every this 10 is a, years a, a reptile some it's, kind of reptile no, it's a salamander yeah, well, it's so, a reptile yes yeah. so it's got it's like an eel with little feet isn't it a salamander an eel with feet is what i'm going with only it's called instead of an eel it's called an ohm yeah an ohm now that's that could be a tourist attraction couldn't no, it maybe that, the shawn of the dead would. shop should yeah. get an ohm <laughs> and then people could come and visit it and not 
feed it. Yeah. They could just look yeah. at it and just look sort at it and go, how it. long is it now since it's eaten and anything? And they could sit it next to the enormous cat, <laughs> right? So people would come in, feed yeah. the enormous cat, yeah. and then marvel yeah. at the fact that the Olm yes. is not eating. But you see, if I own the Shaun of the Dead, <laughs> no, I'm going back to the Shaun of the Dead. If yeah, I own that not shot, to get away from it. I would actually have, I would have had printed bloody handprints and I would have them on the freezer. Well, you'll see. Why don't they? You'll see from the little video that I've attached to this post mm -hmm. that where the video ends is where the fridge used to be. Right, right? OK. And there's a kind of cupboard door there. Now, that, it's interesting that you've said there should be a plaque there mm. because, yes, there should be a little plaque there or a photograph mm. of, of Simon Pegg standing next to the bloody handprints, yes. right? Yeah. And it should say, here stood yes. the fridge from Shaun of from the Dead. From Shaun of the yeah. Dead. In fact, maybe what I, sh I might suggest that. To the, <laughs> Print it off for them the, and take the it around. To the shop round. owner. Yeah. So you look at the plaque of where the fridge used to be, you walk up to the back of the shop, there's the Olm the sitting Olm, there. The cat. And the enormous cat. And the, the Olm. The giant Cornetto. The Olm is staring longingly at the cat's stomach. Yes, right? and the Cornettos. Yeah, and, and the cat eating the gifts that people are bringing in <laughs> yes. to feed it. Yeah. So that was Dumbo Bogart, the uh, finger monkey. Coming up next, it's uh, words that are nice to say. Sour Bee and Love Deluxe. And this week's word that is nice to say is pickleball. Oh, I love pickleball. Let's say it together. Pickleball. Pickle Turn to someone close to you, look deep into their eyes, grasp their face firmly in your hands and say pickleball. Pickle Please just in a sentence for us, Georgina. The fastest growing <laughs> racket sport at present in New York is pickleball. That's pickleball. Pickle this week's official word that is nice to say on Sowerby and Luff Deluxe. Flying saucers ate my pants. On flying saucers ate my pants, this week we ask, is alien abduction real? Not for the first time. Well, I think we ask that every but, week, but don't we? But this time, let's see what the doctors oh. think. Now, oh, no, I'm interested in this. this. Is okay. very, this is very interesting, right? Yeah. A psychoanalyst, we'll call him Keith. Not his real name. Uh, from Columbia University, published a paper called Alien Abduction... A medical hypothesis. It'd be very easy to look up his real name with that title, wouldn't it? Yes. Well, okay. you can if you want to. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, but if we don't say it, we can't get sued. Okay. Right. So Keith, <laughs> yeah. not his real name, suggested, not his real name. suggested that there might be a link to something called accidental awareness under general anaesthesia. Nice. I like the yeah. sound of that. It's a technical one, this, isn't it, It Georgina? is, yes. I like technical things. That's when a patient briefly wakes up <gasps> on the operating table during surgery. Oh, and it's accidental. It can happen. Oh, my word, that's so not great. So, Keith, not his real name, thinks that it's possible that when people think they've been abducted by aliens, mm. they're actually remembering the experience of being accidentally semi-conscious during a hospital operation they had some time in the past. So the people who see aliens have all had operations and been under general anaesthetic. Well, this is what this... Why can't I say anaesthetic without sounding drunk? This is one of the theories right, okay. surrounding alien abduction. That's, That's what very I think specific. It, I think it's one of the more interesting ones. Yes, so OK. Pi so picture the scene. I am doing. You go into hospital mm -hmm. to say, uh, have your tonsils out. OK, right? yes. They send you to sleep. 
Mm-hmm. But the anaesthetic isn't quite strong enough. Nightmare. And you wake up during the operation. Oh, my... And they've got their tools in your throat. So you're under anaesthetic, so you're not in pain. Mm. But you panic because you can see and hear, but your body is completely paralysed. Oh, that's not great. So you momentarily see doctors looming over you yeah. with surgical instruments. Uh, there's a bright light above you. Of course in there your is. Eyes. Uh, then you go back to sleep. Yes. Now, when you wake up after the operation, you've completely forgotten all about this. Yes. Because the anaesthetic has wiped your memory. Good job is what I say. Then, again, picture the scene. A few months later, or even years later. Yes, okay. The memory of that experience returns to you in the middle of the night. Yes. And you completely lucidly remember being surrounded by people with scalpels, and forceps is a blinding light suspended over your head. Yes. And your imagination mixes this memory with your deep-seated fear of being abducted by aliens. I don't have that fear, but yes. What great theory. It is a good theory. So, so, you know, bingo, you now have a genuine memory in your brain of being operated on. Yes. And your imagination turns the doctors and nurses into aliens. Okay. Your brain transposes accidentally witnessing your own real-life operation into an imagined alien operation. You haven't made it up. Part of the experience is genuinely in your brain as a real memory. But what he's suggesting is that everyone who thinks they've been abducted by aliens has accidentally woken up during surgery. I mean, surely there can't be that many people waking up. Maybe some of the people. Because it is quite a common experience isn't it quite a lot of people report exactly this this same thing there can't be that many people who've accidentally woken up during surgery surely he calls those people awareness survivors i mean do you get if you come out of an operation does someone say to you oh by the way you woke up during surgery so you might have a flashback or do you think they just go well don't tell them they won't remember maybe they should Maybe, maybe everyone wakes maybe up. Maybe when you the go operation. into the recovery room, there should be a big sign on the wall. <laughs> yeah, that goes next to the plaque that says, that says "Oops, sorry." <laughs> next to the plaque that says "Shaun of the Dead's fridge used to be here." Right, big yeah. sign yeah. saying you may experience yes. some weird yeah. uh, flashbacks at some point in the future. Okay, because I don't know. Maybe maybe people wake up during operations all like the time. all the time, and they just don't tell us. Yeah, I mean, you know, like last time we talked about the fact that. That, uh, we might all have seen UFOs, but mm-hmm. we can't remember Just because can't remember. our brains have been wiped. Yes, because yes. we saw a UFO. Yeah. The problem, of course, is that you can only report these kind of awareness experiences if you remember them. Right. And that could take years to happen, or you might never remember them at all. Okay. And here's an here's an example. One patient they interviewed during this this report um, said that the they were formerly before they went into hospital they were mm. a big fan of jazz music, uh, and they then developed a hatred of jazz music after going into hospital. Okay. Um, and they think that that's because maybe they partially woke up during the operation. The doctor was playing jazz music in the operation operating theatre because they do that, don't they? You know, because no, if you're a, those doctors, no, if you're a surgeon, they play jazz you know, it's while just they're a, it's, cutting into They do. It's, it's just a normal day at the office. They have talk sport on in the background <laughs> while they're taking your tonsils out. You just out. have to hope no one scores while they're cutting you. So more insight into the controversial world of alien encounters next time mm-hmm. in Flying Saucers Ate My Pants. Up next, it's Derek, the psychic seahorse. 
To get exclusive bonus content for this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash studio senseless and upgrade to Sour B and Luff VIP access. You might be interested to learn that the well-known psychic medium Derek Akora, who sadly passed in 2020, has been reincarnated in the form of a seahorse. Georgina! And here he is now. Georgina! This is Derek, the psychic seahorse. In the essence, in the physical body. Welcome, Derek. I'm sensing at this moment, Georgina, in the residual energy, a presence. A presence? Activity. Activity? Activity. There's a palpitation. Thank you, Sam. There's a palpitation in the essence. And what does that tell you, Derek? It's an agitation. An agitation? Yes. Is it a palpitation or an agitation? It's an agitation. Thank you, Sam. In the residual energy. What does that mean? It's a palpitation in the ectoplasmic soup. The soup? The ectoplasmic soup. Let's cut to the chase here. I'm told you can predict the future. The lottery numbers are 6, 9, 27, 28, 35 and 37. How did you know I was going to ask that? Do you want the bonus ball as well? Yes. 16. Hold on. Those are last week's numbers? There's no past, present or future on the other side, Georgina, in a residual energy. What's the point of being a psychic seahorse if you can't predict next week's lottery numbers? I'm fading, Georgina. Already? I'm sinking into the exoplasmic soup. Georgina. 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 That was a waste of time. Sour Bee and Love Deluxe. More from Derek the Psychic Seahorse next week. Okay, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Talking of things that live under the sea. So now it's time for Name That Fish. Now, this is the return of the Name That yes. dot, 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 I dot love Name That. Format. Yeah. Uh, we've played various Name That's mm-hmm. uh, down through the centuries. Do we have? <laughs> and as far as I can remember, yes. we've never done... Name that fish. Okay, I'm loving right. name that. Yes, go so, on. And does does a fish make a noise? Uh, well, Is it like a gloop gloop. I looked into this. Yes. Right, and you can record what a, a fish sounds like under the water. Okay. Right. So I've got a sound effect here. Mm-hmm. <gasps> that oh, is a, come on! That is a fish do, 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 recorded do, do, underwater. Do, do, do. Now I know that's a raving fish. Right I know there. what type of fish that is. Yes, Georgina, okay. I don't. And it's your mission. Yes. Should you choose to take it on? Of course I do. To name that fish. Okay. Can I listen to the fish? Name that now, fish, hold on. Why does a fish sound like a 1990s rave party? Name that. You're stalling now. Okay. Name that fish. Is it a place? No. Haddock. No. Halibut. No. Is it cod? No. Is it battered cod? <laughs> battered oh, cod lo- is the lo- same as cod. No, it isn't. Battered cod is delicious. How can a battered cod, cod make this noise? I like this noise. Go on, you, I'll give you a few more guesses. Is it a king mackerel? No. Is it a queen mackerel? No. Marlin? No. Merlin? No. Mullet? <laughs> well, it's a hairstyle, isn't it? Uh, perch? No. Pollock? No. Buffalo fish? Is there a thing called a buffalo green fish? Green fish. Hang on, did you make buffalo fish Is it up? a green fish? No. Is it a blue fish? No. Is it a jellyfish? No. Is it an anchovy? Is an anchovy <gasps> a fish? Anchovy, of course a, it's a fish. I thought it was a little thing that you put on a on top of your prawns. 
Put on top of your bronze. That's a lot of. I is never... it a leafy sea dragon? No, I'll give you. I'll give you three more guesses. Georgina. Okay, is it handfish? Is it a legfish? Is it an armfish? No. Is it a pink see-through fantasia fish? That is a fantastic name for a fish, Georgina. Can we say it together? Because it's a lovely word that is nice to say. Pink, a pink see-through, see-through fantasia, fantasia fish. fish. You can't. Aww. You can't have two words that are nice to say, Georgina. No, you in can. One episode. More name that fish next time. <laughs> I'll give you. I tell you what. For the next two podcasts, yes. I'll give you two more goes okay. at naming that fish. And if you don't get it, and if you don't get it, I win. Do you want to have one last listen? It's Ge- happening, man. Georgina, we've once again we've spurted like a couple of determined sperm to the oh. end of this podcast. <gasps> Do you know what I saw today? Yeah, they, they have little tiny robots for people whose sperm don't swim fast enough, and they put little nano robots into your ball sack, and the, the nano robots pick up a sperm by the tail, drag it along the penis, shoot out the other end, go into a lady's womb, they find the egg, and they infiltrate the egg with the sperm that's not even. Swimming women it's being dragged backwards you can see that film on the internet actually i'd have to say i'm doing the wrap up mm. you're going back to content and that's probably the best piece of content we've had in this podcast <laughs> so why didn't you do that during the content because section? You, just, you just made me think of it by saying the word sperm and it's not it's not a word that i think of very often no i very rarely use the word sperm no we don't. In fact, hardly ever. Hard. In fact, I can't remember the last, <laughs> the last time, time I used the word sperm. sperm. So big kisses and hugs all round to oh, everyone that's yes. been involved in the making of this show. Yeah, <laughs> TW. Thanks to Thesaurus Warus, yeah, the mice who live under the sink. The mice. And to Derek, the doubtfully psychic seahorse. Yeah, I do, yeah I don't, I'm not sure I get that one, but let's let's persevere. We'll see you next time. Say bye-bye, Georgina. It's um uh, bye-bye, Georgina. Sour Beer Lofty Lunch was written and presented by me, Brian Luff. And me, Georgina Sourbee. The announcer was Big Mal from Denver. Music by Curiosity Shop and Kevin McLeod. Technical supervisor was Dame Alan Benz. Thesaurus Warus Jr. appeared courtesy of Skegness Seal Sanctuary. All celebrity voices were impersonated. No mice were harmed during the making of this programme. To listen to exclusive bonus behind-the-scenes content for this podcast, upgrade to Salvi and Love VIP access. This was a Salvi and Love production for Studio Senseless in leafy London town. <laughs> Will you tickle my fanny?